Last week, in cities across Canada, thousands of parents marched in protest of what is being referred to as the SOGI curriculum, SOGI curriculum, sexual orientation and gender ideology curriculum. Counter-protesters called them hateful and referred to the march as anti-LGBTQ rights. But marchers do not see themselves as hateful or wanting to deny anyone from their human rights. They're just concerned about what their children are being taught in the classroom. The school boards claim that the SOGI curriculum is about preventing bullying and valuing diversity. Concerned parents say that it undermines parental authority and is not scientific. The way I see it, the problem is that there are so many issues, from allowing male students to use female washrooms and teaching that gender is fluid, to letting parents know when a child identifies as someone of a different sex and teaching age-inappropriate sexual content, or, as an extreme, teaching that children can reassign their sex to match their chosen gender identity. These are not all the same, and reducing it all to hate is not accurate. Parents are concerned. Gender theory is an ideology that is not scientific. Parents need to know what is happening to their children at school. They are not haters, and they are not advocating for discrimination. They are asking for a larger conversation that addresses each and every issue fairly and adequately. I'm Deacon Pedro, and this is the Salt and Light Hour. Hello and welcome to an all-new Salt and Light Hour. I'm Deacon Pedro and sitting with me is Danny Torquia. Danny, it's good to see you. Welcome back. So happy to be back, rearing some rebels together. Oh, good. Yeah. So we're going to hear about that. And I wanted to, you had a good summer. You've moved to Florida. Can we say that? We've had a good summer. We are in Florida spending time with the in-laws. Yes. And, you know, muddling through, determining our next steps, Deacon. Okay. That's always good as we, as we rear rebels. So, um, so I'm glad that we were continuing with that segment with you, Rearing Rebels, and you're going to tell us about that in a little bit. But before that, Jillian is going to be here. And Jillian, as as you know, she's the one who learns something from her kids every month. Mark, so it's a kind of a different, a different little slant on a parenting segment because it's kind of parenting, but how God parents us and what we learn from parenting our kids about how we can be children of God. So Jillian is going to be here in about five minutes to tell us something that she learned from her kids about living in the moment planning wow. for the future at the same time Beautiful. Uh, can't wait to see the insight yeah, for exactly because you can't plan for the future you can't be a parent and not plan for the future really right um, so that's in about five minutes what i learned from my kids with jillian Cantor, and then uh, you're back with rearing rebels danny yeah every year we try to think of okay what's our slant our angle this time and this time it's going to be rearing rebels dot 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 drum roll through our domestic church oh okay Domestic church. Okay, so we're going to learn, I guess, we're going to learn what that's all about. Yeah, you will. And yeah, then okay. I have a little surprise for you this time because oh. I, I will come accompanied, but who knows oh. who. Okay, so a guest, a special guest with Danny Torquia, Rearing Rebels, Rearing Rebels through our domestic church. Um, that's in about 15 minutes. And Stay then, uh, so... Um, do you know who Bob Katz is? Have you heard of a film? You've obviously heard of film, Christian films, God's Not Dead. Of course. Uh, do you believe? Yes. Okay, amen. so Bob Katz is the producer 
of of those films and 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 several other Christian films. He has a new film coming out called The Blind, and The Blind is is a is about the early 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 life of Phil Robertson, who people who watch reality TV would know him from a show called Duck Dynasty. Yes. Okay, so it was a huge show. Yeah, so we all know about it. Yeah, and the beards. It's a beautiful, yes, beautiful conversion story about Phil Robertson, a film coming uh, called The Blind, produced by Bob Katz. But Bob Katz, Christian f- film producer, has recently converted to Catholicism. Hey. So, And Bob wanted to come on the show to tell us, obviously he wants to talk about filmmaking, but he also wanted to tell us about his conversion. So wow. we're really excited about talking to Bob Katz about his conversion and also about the new film, The Blind, uh, about Phil Robertson. So that's in about 25 minutes. That sounds like a film about me, the blind. Oh yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, I, I don't know if you're blind, but I certainly feel blind and I need the scales to fall a lot. It, it Well, it is because that's, it's a conversion story and we go. all have a, I was going to, I thought that you were going to say, cause you have the beard. No, 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 no. Forget the, the beard. Dynasty the beard. That bothered me. Yes. Yes. We are all blind. Uh, so anyway, that's in our second half hour in about 25 minutes, a conversation with Bob Katz producer, and then we're going to end the show by reconnecting with a singer-songwriter. She's been on the show a few times, Amanda Vernon. She's actually a very good friend. Um, but Amanda, the last time Amanda was on the show, she had been struggling with postpartum depression. And we had a very uh, meaningful conversation about that, that I'm sure was very uh, helpful for a lot of our listeners. Very, very common, Very relevant. And then she ended up having to she she did not quit performing during COVID. She was able to continue uh, writing music, but then she ended up taking a bit of a sabbatical for about a year because of some other issues that she found. And she's going to tell us about that. Um, but she has some new music, so that's mm-hmm. always a good excuse to bring people back on the show, Danny. Especially especially people with great stories. But the music is absolutely uh, no, pleasant. absolutely the music is a bonus. Um, so we're going to be speaking with Amanda Vernon. Um, uh, about her music and about what's what's been happening over the last couple of years uh, at the end of the program in about 45 minutes. And of course, throughout the show, we're going to get to listen to some of her songs. So I hope you're good to go with all of this, Danny. Are all your are all your programs this exciting? All the program. Yes. Thank you. All the okay. programs are this exciting, aren't they? Good to know. Absolutely. They're, They're always exciting. Um, and this one uh, is just as so if people cannot listen to the whole show because it's going to be exciting um, you know that you can just go to our website slmedia.org and that's where you can podcast the show you can also listen to this program as a podcast anywhere you get your podcast so there's no excuses here to not to listen to the show so uh, here we go lots of excitement coming let's start with a song here is Amanda Vernon with her new single I Got Shoes I got shoes, you got shoes, all God's children got shoes. When I get to heaven, gonna put on my shoes, gonna walk all over God's heaven. Victory is coming for me. Watch a minute, I'm dressed, I'm ready, I'm waiting, I'm in it. Victory won't leave us behind. Watch and see it. Children got a robe When I get to heaven Gonna put on my robe Gonna dance all over God's heaven 
It's coming for me. Watch a minute, I'm dressed and ready, I'm waiting, I'm in it. Victory won't leave us behind. Watch and see it with your own eyes. Heaven, heaven, walk all over God's heaven. That was Amanda Vernon with her single, I Got Shoes. And we're going to be speaking with Amanda Vernon in about 40 minutes. So I hope that you can stick around for that. And now it's time for What I Learned From My Kids with Jillian Cantor. Jillian, welcome back. Back to school. New year. How are you doing? I'm doing okay. I just like to say I also have shoes. I have many shoes. They're <laughs> everywhere. And so <laughs> So Amanda Vernon, I'll let her know when we speak to her at the end of the program that uh, Jillian, I think the whole <laughs> yes, we all have shoes. I'd like to talk about how I can contain those shoes. That's probably not the song though. So <laughs> That is not what the song's about. Um and you're your all your children are now at school, so I'm sure that there's a lesson. All those lessons shoes have there. been put on feet, <laughs> and all those feet have gone to school, and yet somehow there's still a ton of shoes. Anyway, that's not what we're talking about today. That is not <laughs> the lesson for the day. No, no. How was your summer? First, it of was all? a How good summer. It it was a good summer, not long enough. Exactly. Thank you very much. Yeah, our summer was very busy, jam packed with events and activities, um, and they all went by rapidly and unforgivingly just so fast um and so that is kind of where i'm headed today in discussion the passage of time and how cruel it is but that the good things come in the in-between let me explain yes so our summer was busy with i don't know quite a few baseball games tournaments uh we went to saskatchewan to visit my parents uh there was more baseball <laughs> there was swimming lessons there was more baseball on top of that day trips to the beach. We had a nice chance to go to visit a cottage. We had visits from friends. So it was kept full and busy. And it just seemed like there was always one thing after the other. Now I can, I tend to get weepy about the passage of time and how quickly things go by, especially those things that you looked forward to and longed for, for so long. And then all of a sudden they're here and blammo, they're over before you felt like you really even had a chance to enjoy them. Um, but something that I'm starting to understand and tried to put into practice over the summer was this idea that without the experiences, you don't get to the good stuff that the, yes, the good, the experiences are good unto themselves, mm -hmm. but 
the richness happens in the in-between. So hmm. I'm going to back us up to the springtime to give you a bit of a, a more concrete example of that. Um, so back after, I guess it was the week after Easter, um, my husband and I packed up the kids. We went to Buffalo to take them to a concert. We, yes. uh, it was primarily, we wanted to see Matt Marr who was in concert, but he was also mm -hmm. performing with some other amazing artists, Phil Wickham and Leland Moore. And it wasn't, I say in concert, but it wasn't so much a concert. They were dubbing it a sing-along tour. So what it really was, was two plus hours of praise and worship. So standing in this venue with hundreds, if not thousands of other people uh, raising arms in praise and singing praises to the Lord. And this was amazing and glorious and awesome. And so anticipating that I had been counting down to this event for a very long time. We had bought the tickets before Christmas. We didn't tell the kids till Easter time that we were doing this. And I just just the, just imagining what the event was going to be like. I was so excited, so enamored by the idea just couldn't wait to get us there and then we're there and it's it is just as glorious and amazing as I had imagined this is my kids first exposure to praise and worship but they're fully participating they're standing they're singing they're they're cheering when the song they know comes on mm. the words are up on the screen it was just so beautiful to participate in it to see my kids participate in it to be there with these hundreds of other people and it was just like a taste of heaven. This is what we're going to be doing for all eternity. Sign me up. This is yeah. great and grand. And in that moment, of course, the thought that's in my head is I want this to last forever. I never mm -hmm. want to leave. This is good and beautiful. And it is right that we are here and I never want to go. But of course, yes, time does not stand still. And and, mm -hmm. and it did conclude. And, and it did conclude in the most beautiful way with the three of them, the three performers um, getting us to start singing How Great Thou Art, and then them just leaving the stage. And it was just the audience left singing. And it was a, just a beautiful way to end because it wasn't about them. It really mm -hmm. was about God. It was about just singing those praises to the Lord. So anyway, so yes, it did end. And the next day we're on our drive home and I was feeling a bit mopey and mournful, just grieving the end of this thing that I had been anticipating for so long. And I felt very clearly the idea of what next. And, and I don't mean what next in terms of, okay, well, that event is over. So now what's next mm -hmm. on our calendar? But the what next felt almost like a consolation that what comes next in our day-to-day -day life is because of what we have just experienced. So while I could be sad that this was over, the Lord was telling me to think of what next, what will come for to your family and for your family because of what you have just experienced together. So we can be excited for those experiences, but we can't hold on to them. We necessarily need to move forth, but that's where the life is. That's where we can see what will happen to me, my family, my kids, because of what we just experienced. So as an example to that, I guess one of the things that I was thinking of um, and just just watching Annie um, kind of grow into this lovely young lady and, you know, participate in the singing at this concert, but then also hearing her sing next to me when we're at mass. And something that I can envision for her is that she one day may lead in praise and worship. She may be the one that's up on the stage leading people in song to praise the Lord. Now, whether or not that vision comes to be, that, you know, could be something that happens as a result of what we experience together mm -hmm. as a family. 
that those are the possibilities and opportunities that we have exposed our kids to and could come to be because of the experience that we've had. So I, you know, I said that I can get a little bit weepy and, and thinking about the passage of time. Now we've just sent our youngest Leo off to kindergarten this year. And that's yeah. a difficult transition yes. because here we are now, I'm for the first time in 14 years, I'm in this house during the day on my own. There are plenty wow. of things to do, like yes. pick up shoes. <laughs> <laughs> but it is definitely a transition as we see our kids grow. Mm -hmm. But if I consider what, you know, if I can consider this lesson that the good things are happening in the in-between, like we have now sent my child off, my youngest kid off to school, and what now will become, what opportunities are his now because of the experience that we're going through. And then I heard recently in this, um, it was a podcast. Uh, it was somebody speaking about Luke chapter 252, Jesus grew in wisdom and in stature. And, you know, isn't that ultimately the goal? You know, Jesus, that was after um, Mary and Joseph finding him in the temple. And that was a pivotal moment for them because they knew after that experience, this is going to set off a whole new timeline for them. This is going to set off now what's going to become for the life of their son. And so while my children are not called to do the same things as Jesus, <laughs> we are well, still maybe. called. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. Um, we are still called now to do other things, new things as they grow, as they become the people that God created mm -hmm. them to be. And what are the experiences that we can offer to them to help them develop in those ways? Um, sometimes I, yeah, I guess I, I work good with next steps or next directions. Mm -hmm. So one of the things that was helping me was kind of considering questions and I'll share those here and maybe we'll help someone else, but questions that help us consider um, how to develop that idea of what comes next for our family. So, so I was considering what are the experiences we are most looking forward to? Why? What is it that you hope to gain from that experience? And then how will that help propel you forward in loving and sorry, in living the Christ? Sorry. Oh my gosh. <laughs> how will that help propel you forward in living the life that Christ wants you to live? Mm -hmm. So consider the experiences, the how and why of them, mm -hmm. and then what happens next. Yes. So that's the good things come in the in-between the living the life that God wants you to live is not just experience based, but it's life based. Yeah. The day to day day-to-day mm -hmm. day. and you have the mountaintop experiences to kind of encourage yeah. you along and then we mm -hmm. yeah i like that the good stuff comes in the in-between and we're not talking about oreo cookies here <laughs> <laughs> um julian thank you so much for that lesson and uh um, and thank you for sharing about the matt mar concert because i remember you going and being so excited about taking your children to that um yeah. i hope that that's something that they still remember and still talk about julian Cantor. The good stuff happens in the in-between. Thank you. Thank you very much, Pedro. Jillian Cantor, always learning something from her kids. She's the wife of David and the mother of Joseph, Henry, Annie, Clara, Jane, and Leo. Hi, this is Bob Halligan Jr. from Kaylee Rain, and you're listening to the Salt and Light Hour with Deacon Pedro. I'm Deacon Pedro. If you missed any part of this program or to listen to any interview again, go to our website, slmedia.org slash podcast. All our shows are archived there. And now it's time for Rearing Rebels with Danny Torquia. Danny, um, so, so I, I think that because we're doing Rearing Rebels again, 
um, and we spoke about it a little, a little bit at the top of the show. But so, like for people that are just tuning in, what is why are we rearing rebels? Why do you call the segment that? Well, we've been calling that for a couple of years now. I think this is year three. So, uh, thinking about what to broach, what to go into, dive into this year. We thought of, um, you know, through, how do you rear, rebel, rear rebels? Well, you need to do it as a family unit, it's ideally through our domestic or the domestic church. So I thought, surprise, to bring on set or on audio with you, my <laughs> beloved wife, uh, Deacon Pedro. Oh, okay. Welcome. Welcome. Hello. Introduce, hello. So, okay, Danny, introduce your wife. Yes, this is Antonia, my wife of almost 20 years now. Wow, Antonia. congratulations, Antonia. So uh, would you agree, Antonia, that that's why we are rearing rebels? Absolutely. Absolutely. We're definitely trying to do something different with our children, with our family. And uh, who better to take that adventure on with than your husband? Yes, very, very <laughs> true. It's always an adventure. So Danny, I'll, I'll let you take the lead here, but you mentioned something about the domestic church. Just say it again, rearing. Yeah, what, what so our, the title for the series, the episodes we're going to do this season, uh, we, we we called it, rear, excuse me, Rearing Rebels <clears throat> Through Our Domestic Church. Okay. And, and today we wanted to just help you and the audience uh, understand what how we define rearing rebels and how we define our domestic church. So Antonia mentioned that the first point was like raising and educating our children to be different, you know, to be non-conformist when it comes to the mass or popular culture around us, mm -hmm. you know, so that so that the children and, and ourselves as models can really stay closer to Christ than to what the world proposes. Mm -hmm. And Antonia- and feel like, sorry, we feel like that that definitely we want them to see uh, that there is a difference between the way we're raising them or they see other families potentially. Um, we are very clear with them. We are choosing to do things differently and we want to do things differently because we we want to be different. Mm -hmm. Can I just interrupt for a second? Quick question. Do you find that that explaining it to them and, and kind of bringing them into that mission as a family, as a domestic church that actually works, that it actually is easier because, I mean, you have teenagers now. Yeah. Well, yeah. And even when they're younger, because simple things like the toys that others might have or mm -hmm. the shows that other friends or kids might be watching, why can't I do that? You know, mm -hmm. and, and it gets worse as, as they're teenagers because that peer to peer is mm -hmm. so much more complicated. But even when they're younger, well, you know, there's a reason why we don't maybe partake in watching these shows or these channels or playing with those types of toys right. or, you know, or or just what we choose to expose to our children mm -hmm. um, and how we choose to kind of, you know, influence them in the home, in our domestic church, in that that realm where we really do have the space to um, to, you know, hold control over what they are being supposed to do, especially when they're so young. Yeah, that makes and you, sense. And you, know, you know, Deacon Pedro, you mentioned the word mission. Uh, they get their mission. They get that they're missionaries at home in, in the way they live on the block, let mm -hmm. alone when we drop them off at school or let alone when they go out to, to other places uh, with family even. So they understand. And, you know, we, we all now know a little bit more about apologetics of the faith. But I think now we need apologetics about, well, why don't you have a cell phone and you're 14? What? Yeah. Uh, why don't you uh, have a TV in every room? Uh, and What's going on? And why don't you know this or that series or watch that game? Um, 
even if it's the big game Super Bowl, it's not it's not a it's not certain that we're going to be watching what the other people are watching. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And and I was yeah. just going to say, can you quickly uh, for people that might be hearing domestic church for the first time, how do you define domestic church? Yeah, well, you know, our family uh, basically um, is a community, right? We've always considered ourselves ourselves as a community, as being a people of God. Uh, and and we can't just be that by name or by uh, casual attendance at mass. We need to be that uh, unceasingly. Um, as, so we we often talk about pray unceasingly, pray at every day part when you start a new activity. Um, so these are some ways that we can't just be light Catholics mm-hmm. or uh, casual in our faith. It's got to be every day, uh, all day because of the challenges that they face. Mm-hmm. And I think, too, we look at the domestic church a little bit like the, you know, the the holy family, like we are Mary, mm. we are Joseph, and we are the children of God. And so um, that is our little domestic church where we're teaching our children about the faith through our lives, through how we live every day, through the choices as parents that we're making. You know, if we're spending all the time on the cell phone, but then we're not letting, you know, our children necessarily have a cell phone at a certain point. Yeah. You know, that's so it's it's this our family as the holy family, as the domestic church, where we're guiding them as that community who wants to look to Jesus and and um, and strive right to to live his word. And we can give you some examples of of how we're doing that. Yes. Yeah. You mentioned cell phone. You mentioned TV shows. (laughs) What else? You don't you don't mean you have crucifixes in every room in the house. What? Well, we, we do second. actually. <laughs> um, we well, we like having a religious, yes, a religious icon or religious uh, element in every room. You bet your bottom dollar, including the uh, you know water closet, uh, more or less. And, and then also, I like to say Antonio will mention a few of the common staples, but one of them is our closets. Like if they come into my closet. And I'm I am Mister like diff, I can't wear an item twice or Mister I've got like overabundance of clothes. Uh, no, we gotta purge that closet super regularly. And then of course have the other things like a, a prayer nook or, right. or or icons. Yeah, I I feel like you know when when we kind of create that setting for them, uh, really thinking about what are they looking around and what are we what are we making as idols right in our home like what are we looking up to um as they look around as we sit at the dinner table as we go to our family room um so yes we do have a cross in every room above each bed like you would in a seminary yeah. <laughs> right. um so um we have rosaries you know we have a big uh, bowl of rosaries and Danny mentioned we have a prayer nook so um, we have a space where, you know, we go as parents and we usually end our night there together as a family for our prayer time. Like that is our place to come together and pray. And uh, what's in that space? You know, there's there's candles. Um, Danny's very visual. So icons, um, mm-hmm. you know, statues of Mary or Joseph or a cross. There's definitely a crucifix. Um, but it's help to help us and to help our children uh, kind of refocus and center themselves in a quiet place on Jesus. Um, you know, in rooms, posters for us, a no-go. Yeah, <laughs> no, this is great. Um, and I love how you, you're talking about just, not just the, the obvious things, the cell phone, the TV shows, but just how do you create that space visually, 
how do you decorate your home? I look forward to hearing more about this rearing rebels through our domestic church. Amen. Um, Amen, Danny. Does this mean Antonia is going to join us uh, once a month as well? Uh, you have to give us the thumbs up or the thumbs down later or okay. audio or by Maybe we'll, we'll wait for our listeners. I'm sure that everybody's <laughs> going to love having that female touch. Um, yeah. Thank you so much, you guys. Uh, great advice today. Awesome. Thank our you. pleasure. Danny Torquia is the managing director of Torquia Communications. You can follow him on Twitter at Dan Torquia and learn more at dialogueandgrace.com. And he was joined today by his wife, Antonia. Together, they are the parents of four children. Coming up in our second half hour, a featured chat with Christian film producer Bob Katz. And we reconnect with singer-songwriter Amanda Vernon. So stay tuned. Welcome to the Salt and Light Hour Part 2. I'm Deacon Pedro. A few months ago, we spoke with Chuck Conselman and Carrie Solomon. They are the writers of the Christian films God's Not Dead and Do You Believe? If you didn't see them in the theaters, you saw them on Pure Flicks. These films are produced by Bob Katz, who entered the film industry with God's Not Dead. For several years, Bob Katz worked for Pure Flicks and also worked on films like Case for Christ and A Light in the Darkness. His most recent film is called The Blind, based on the incredible conversion story of Phil Robertson of the reality TV series Duck Dynasty. Bob Katz recently became a Catholic, and so there was a lot to talk about. And I spoke with Bob Katz earlier this week. Bob, welcome to the Salt and Light Hour. It's good to meet you. Oh, it's nice to meet you. Thank you for having me. So tell us a little bit about how you ended up in the film industry. Uh as strangely as I ended up being Catholic, quite honestly, <laughs> uh, I, I was, I am a CPA. I, I practiced, uh, I was partnered in a CPA firm for most of my working life. And a good friend of mine, who is still a very good friend of mine, calls me up uh, one evening uh, and says, hey, I just caught my son watching filth. And God told me that you and I need to make some, some faith-based movies that are really good, that aren't, you know, sappy. And I said, do you know anything about making movies? And he, he said, no, 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 but God told me, so it'll all work out. And I, I you, know, you know, when you buy time, what do you tell people? Well, let me pray about it. <laughs> but I couldn't shake it. Wow. And next, next day I called him back and said, okay, Troy, let, let, let's give it a try. And of course, you know, our first movie is just, just like this gigantic hit. Uh, God's not dead. God's not, God's not and dead. and I'm thinking this is how naive we both were. Well, this is easy. This this is a lot better than tax season every year being a CPA. Let's do this. Which, as you know, it's not that easy. That God's not dead was one of those uh, incredible moments for for in, in faith based films. Yeah, but we we started doing more and more films because. There was truly a need. There was a need for good faith-based films, and there was a need to get the gospel message out there. Right. Yeah. And and in some ways, I think that that's how God works. Right. He 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 picks the 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 un, the most unlikely people, and that way we know for sure that God's the one doing the work and not us. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Um. So, well, and I, I wanted to ask you about the the projects i wanted to ask you a little bit about pure flicks i don't know if you had a hand in in how pure flicks came to be but i also i'm curious to know how 
you know, how you decide to pick projects in terms of evangelization or spreading the good news is your goal or your mission. Oh, how do you find, how do you find those projects? Because a lot of them are, are true stories, correct? Yeah. Um, PureFlex has, has, of course, what we, that was another God thing, if you will. Uh, Troy and I, we didn't even know what we didn't know. My, my producer. Yes. And PureFlex had been making films uh, but they went straight to DVD. It was a different model. They didn't go right. to theaters first. Right, right. And God brought us together through this, of course, weird set of circumstances. And we said, we got a film we want to make. And they said, well, we're ready to go uh, and take try a theatrical. And so we teamed up. You know, they provided the intellectual property, if you will. And we provided mm -hmm. the funds and the, and the, the story. And, you know, like I said, everything uh, just just... It was just an incredible result for that film. And and we did, um, Troy and I did three more God's Not Deads. And then yes. Pierflex went on. Uh, Pierflex still, uh, we sold the franchise to them and they've, they're still making God's Not Dead films. Right. So so tell us a little bit about your journey into the Catholic Church. Uh, what can you tell us? How did that happen? That I'm was, sure it's a long story, but. <laughs> I'll, I'll give you the condensed version. I promise. I'll try <laughs> So I was uh, I was born and raised Jewish, but in my twenties I became a Protestant, what, what Catholics call a Protestant, right? Um, and was very happy being a Protestant. Uh, and long story short, I, you know, uh, four years ago I just found myself crying out to God, saying, "God, forgive me. I just don't trust you. I've tried, and I but." You know, and this goes back, of course, like everybody to their childhood and things that happened. But I have such trouble trusting you. And I'm driving along and I'm listening to uh, Sirius Radio. I'm listening to the Catholic Channel and they have Saint of the Day. Mm -hmm. And usually I'm listening to Joel Osteen. I'm a Protestant. And I just what what's going on in the Catholic Channel? So I flip over and I hit Saint of the Day and they, the saint was Saint Faustina. And I, they told me her story, and I said, you know, I'm not, remember now, I, I don't know anything about saints. And I said, what? This woman talked to God every single day, and he appeared to her, what? And again, I couldn't shake it. So I got her book, which is about 800 pages, yeah. and I started reading it. And, and then I saw, you know, the Divine Mercy image, and what does it say at the bottom of it? Jesus, I trust in you. So mm -hmm. I had cried out to Jesus, telling him I don't trust in him. He gets, leads me to St. Faustina with a picture. Who else in Catholic history has <laughs> a painting that says, Jesus, I trust in you? Yes. And by the time I got to the end of the book, my heart was so hungry to be Catholic. I can't, all I can tell you, it, it has been probably the best decision of my life. Oh my gosh, what a when gift. I to, when I go to Mass... When I take the Eucharist now, uh, when I read about the saints and, and the history of the church and the, uh, I, it just, it brings me to another place. I, I, it's like God just brought me to the, the next pinnacle step. You know, mm -hmm. it, you're, it's almost, you're ready to be Catholic now. Yeah. Uh, and I absolutely love it. I, I, it's been such an incredible journey. I've had such good spiritual directors and people who are just so willing to teach. And I've, you know, I just love it. Oh, I, wow. It's been a powerful, wonderful journey. 
Bob, thank you. Thank you for sharing that story with us. Wow. And it's kind of neat that the Catholic Channel had something to say. I'm sure that the listeners listening to this program uh, are, are going to be uh, uh, happy about that. Um, would you say that there's anything about that story that relates back to your journey into the film industry or how you ended up in the film industry? It's it's almost the opposite. And, and I've I've enjoyed the film industry, although on a daily basis, it makes you want to tear your hair out. Mm-hmm. It's, it is the most inefficient, frustrating business in the world, and I don't recommend it to anybody. Yes. But there's such a longing in my heart now to take what I've learned over the last 10 years and start to make film that has a Catholic message in it, mm-hmm. if you will. And we've always tried very hard not to beat people over the head with the Bible. Mm-hmm. But I have such a passion now to really... What I'm thinking of, and, and no, I haven't discussed this with anybody, but I, I really would like to, to our next project to be episodic, where we go to not not the saints that everybody knows, not Fatima and Lords and Guadalupe, but there's a thousand saints that most people may not be familiar with that have equally powerful stories mm-hmm. and, and miracles associated with it and healings and visions and, and prophecies. I would love to do a series of shows uh, about that. Mm-hmm. I'm really praying hard about, you know, God, how would I, how would I, and how would this all fit together? Because, right. uh, so to answer you, give you a long answer to your question, I really want to transition my filmmaking to, uh, to make films that, that, that uh, are Catholic oriented. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's yeah. not, that doesn't sound, but you know what I mean. I think I, know, I think I know what you mean, and at the same time, I would wouldn't want you to stop making the films that you've been making already, because mm-hmm. those are also stories that touch people's hearts, and uh, we can have our listeners praying for you, uh, uh, so that the so that the right the right saint stories or modern day saint stories uh, uh, come I to you and yeah, all the prayer I can get. Because I really, you know, we we we've got quite a slate of projects, but I really want to find a way to do this episodic project as well. Mm. So that's okay. I, so I think that the Catholic Church has had a gigantic influence on our filmmaking, really. Yeah. Well, I'm looking forward to uh, more coming from you. So quickly before we go, in about a minute that we have left, uh, the blind. It's based on Phil Robertson, Duck Dynasty. People might not know what that is, and maybe it doesn't matter, but. What 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 is your goal or your hope for that film for people? Um, it, well, the the family the duck, the show Duck Dynasty was actually the number one show on cable TV, and the, when they did the wedding, yeah, between K, uh, it was the number one all time cable TV I know, show. Incredible. Uh, so you know, my hope for the movie is this: this talks about their life in their twenties. You people see them now. And they're Phil and Kay Robertson, their their Duck Dynasty. But the truth was, this is a redemption story. Mm-hmm. He was he was an alcoholic, a terrible alcoholic, and their marriage was on shaky ground to say the least. Mm-hmm. She was willing to fight for his her marriage, and he was willing to just get on his knees and beg forgiveness from God. Uh, and this is a story that nobody is too far away from God's. Re- nobody's too far away from God that they can't turn and have redemption enter their life. Mm-hmm. So it's really, people think uh, it's it's truly a love story and yeah. it's a redemption story. Uh, and I think 
you know, I, you've seen it, you know, when, when Phil gets baptized, usually the audience just breaks out into spontaneous applause. Yeah. Uh, it's, it, it, it is a truly heartwarming love story. Yeah, I love that because I get the redemption part, but I never would have thought to call it a love story, but you're so right. And those are great stories that everybody everybody needs to watch. So thank you for thank you for making it uh, and bringing it to my, us. My pleasure. And, and thank you for sharing a little bit about you with us today. I, I hope that we can chat again for your next project. I'd love to. I'd love to. Yeah, that'll be next year. Uh, All right, we, good. We keep at it. Good. God bless, Bob. Pleasure, thank you. God bless chatting. you. Talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. That was a conversation I had with Bob Katz, producer of God's Not Dead and Do You Believe. His new film, The Blind, will be in theaters September 28. You can find out more at theblindmovie.com. If you missed any part of this conversation or to listen to the rest of the show, go to our website, eselmedia.org slash podcast. Here now is our featured artist of the week, Amanda Vernon, with her single, in collaboration with Estación Cero from Colombia, Hola Jesús. Hola Jesús Aquí estoy otra vez para decirte que contigo todo va mejor Aquí estoy otra vez para contarte que cuando te abrí mi corazón Toda mi vida cambió Tú pintaste el cielo con tu was Amanda Vernon with Hola Jesus, a song she collaborated with the Colombian group Estación Cero. 
We last spoke with Amanda Vernon in December 2018. She had just released a Christmas album, Secretos Navideños, and had a book, When God Wrecks Your Romance. Since then, Amanda has been on a bit of a sabbatical, but now she has more music that she has shared with us, including this track that we just listened to, Hola Jesus, that she collaborated with Estación Cero from Colombia, and so we thought it would be a good time to catch up. Earlier this week, I spoke with Amanda Vernon. Amanda, welcome back to the Salt and Light Hi. Hour. It's so good to see you. It's Hi. So good to see you too. Thanks for having me I back. Know, it's been a long time. Oh, it's like a lifetime has passed. It, here it, we it, are. It, well, here we are. And I know <laughs> it's like a lifetime, but COVID obviously made it worse. And I hate to still be talking about COVID, but it was it was a huge I mean, especially for artists, it was a it, oh, it was a big it was a big thing. Um, so, and I know yeah. that you, I don't know if the sabbatical that you took off was related to that. I know that the last time we spoke, we were talking about some, some difficulties that you're having with postpartum depression. Yeah. And so I tell us, tell us about those this, years. You know, since I was on the show last time, I've been through so much healing and I'm just coming back from taking a full year off. Mm -hmm. And now for context for your listeners, music is the way that my husband and I support our family like full time, a hundred percent. So there's, we didn't have some extra jobs that we're doing on the side. And so when we, so not only, I think, you know, God really used in our life, used that time of the pandemic to show us that, you know, like everything could shut down and he still takes care of us. Mm. And so then this year, when, when we were back to playing live music and back into my career, but I really got the sense that the Lord is asking me to step back. I think it was easier for me to say yes, like right away, because God in his mercy already showed us like we can do it. (laughs) He's going to provide in his miraculous way. And so I took this last year off um, for my health. I know in the past I told you about recovering from this postpartum depression. And I realized about a year ago, um, I finally met with a nutritionist because I was still having like ongoing health difficulties. And she asked me a question that changed my life. Deacon Pedro, she she said, uh, when's the last time you ate a meal and were satisfied? And I said, without even thinking about it, I mean, like, I just knew exactly. I said, Thanksgiving two years ago. Oh my gosh. And I like heard, I like heard myself saying this. And she said, talk to me about some food you like. And I just said, I don't like any food. And all of a sudden I'm like, oh wait, that's probably, that's probably not good. (laughs) Oh, I'm just so grateful. Like I just, I realized this entire pattern that I've had for years, a decade, probably more of not eating enough consists every day, just under eating and over exercising. Um, I talked to someone in the music industry. She said, it's kind of like your brain was on ecstasy, you know, the drug. And I'm like, no, no, I don't do drugs. She's like, yeah, Yeah. but (laughs) yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I'm so glad that the Lord shown, allowed us to find this answer because all of those health problems that I've been having for so many, including the postpartum depression, I think really were, that was at the core of it, right. not nourishing myself. <sighs> so I learned wow. to enjoy food for the first time. <laughs> Isn't it amazing that simple things can be just solved with good, good food and, and yeah. that, that God Take is a God who feeds us literally? <laughs> oh, I'm so happy to hear this, Amanda. Uh. I hope that our listeners are too. So, but okay. So, but you came, so you discovered this after COVID. 
Yeah, after like we had already made it through COVID as a family. Wow. In fact, I kept we talked about new music, you know. Mm -hmm. Um, we said like what well, you know, to send you some new songs. Well, my husband and I during COVID, we released a new song every Sunday for a full year. Oh my gosh, that's crazy. Every Sunday. First and foremost to our patrons who were financially supporting the effort and then put it on Spotify and shared it on Instagram. And like the song we just listened to, I Got Shoes, you know, that's one of the pieces yeah. I, I put together during the pandemic. Um, so we kept going with music. Um, so it wasn't until this this last year that I stepped back just of my own accord to relearn, to relearn how to nourish myself, mm -hmm. to trust my body, to trust the environments that I'm in, that God, like God I felt like God was really challenging me. Yes, I trust him, but can I also trust his creation? Like trust that his creation is good. Yeah. His design. Like, no, no, it's yeah. you and me, God, yeah. you and me, just yeah. us. And he's like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Broaden your horizons. <laughs> yeah. I so want to ask you like, what's your favorite thing to eat now? <laughs> <laughs> now I have a whole list. Oh, now I have a that's whole so list. good. That's so like, good. I... I, I can tell you, I had this one experience of going to a restaurant with my husband and one of our best friends around Christmas last year. And I loved it and I wanted to stay. And I was mm -hmm. like, hey, let's maybe get dessert because it's great to be here. Yeah. And they just looked at me like, who are you? And I'm like, I get why there's a whole restaurant industry. I understand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's beautiful. So let me ask you about the uh, about uh, just the releasing because that just yeah. blows my mind. A new song every week for a year or a two year. years of a year. Yeah, did you year. find that hard or did you find that COVID actually helped oh, your creative it, process? I mean, the, the creative process songs were flowing out of me and mm. I, I, I recognize that as a particular charism, you know, we talk about gifts mm -hmm, of the mm -hmm. spirit. Yep. And this one time I took this charism inventory through this Siena Institute, I think it is. Okay. And they, and it, one of my charisms, like it's like faith in music, but also writing yeah. um, as like a particular way that the, that I can speak to mm -hmm. the people of God through the Holy Spirit. And mm -hmm. so it's like making space for that gift to flourish. It just every week there was something on my heart mm -hmm. to share, to, yeah. to write. Okay, that's wonderful. So then if people wanted to listen to the, is that on your YouTube channel or where can they go? I mean, Spotify is probably the best Spotify to okay. find everything compiled. If they just search Amanda Vernon, Spotify, Spotify. then all of those singles right. will so show up. So they're audio, they're audio recording. Exactly. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. So that's good to know. So Amanda Vernon and, uh, and we'll leave the website as well at the end of the program, but uh, it's easy to find you on Spotify. So you've been obviously writing music. The collaboration with Estación Cero, I want to ask you about that yeah. because they're such a good group. Of people might not know about them, but in Latin America, they're really big. Yeah, um, they're huge. From Colombia. So how did that come about? Well, I was a fan of theirs for a long time oh, since yeah? I was in high school. We really? used to sell CDs a lot. Estación Cero would sell their CDs and I would sell mine like at the same time, but in different countries. But it would show up on this website where they were counting like the Catholic music sales. What? <laughs> So sometimes they'd be at the top and sometimes I would be at oh, the top as a teen. Yeah. And so I'm like, who are these guys? I started listening to them and just love their yeah, music. Yeah, so good. 
And so then I, I reached out over the past, probably the past five years since yeah. I've been on this program and we became friends and recorded this song in LA and then a music video in New York. And it's been, it's been yeah. so fun. Yeah, 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 yeah. The music video is really fun. We're going to, I know I'm going to put it on our website so people can, can, can watch it, but I know that you, they can probably also find it on your website or on Estacion Cero's website and also on YouTube. Just search Hola Jesus. Um, yeah. It's such a fun hey, video. Jesus. Yeah. Hey, Jesus. <laughs> um, um, so are you, I mean, you're, are you still on that creative flow where you're writing new music, new singles, not every week, maybe? So yeah, not, I paused the new song every Sunday after a year. I was like, okay, I think we've shown that we can do this here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and now a lot of my work is directed toward helping other artists i'm moving okay. into this mentorship role where i'm still oh, playing lovely. my own concerts and writing my own music and i get to help out up-and-coming artists and give them a platform and a voice and that's that's deeply yeah. rewarding for me that's that's a whole other ministry right there mm -hmm. um and i'm sure a lot of young artists uh, can benefit and look forward to that uh, so anything new? Are you performing or concerts, uh, going to parishes? Yeah, so, yeah. Yep. So I have parishes and this it's specifically through my connection now with the Halo app. I'm sure okay. you're familiar. In fact, I think you uh, were one of the first to feature them to help them get their start. I would Is like right? to think that, that, that it right? was all because of the cath. Yes. Yes. The salt and light <laughs> hour here that we, we did, we did feature them. Uh, yeah. Way back when they were just starting. Yeah. Right. And so yeah. now this app is huge. I want to say it's 11 million downloads, a huge percentage. I think a huge, I think it's like 30% of the listeners are not Catholic. So people yeah, are finding these Catholic prayers and resonating with that type of meditation that we've yeah. known yeah. for, you know, yeah. thousands yeah. of years. Yeah. And so um, I'm working with Halo to help them launch their live events now. So instead of only praying, you know, individually on the app, we can gather together in person, pray together. Oh, okay. I and think so, that people are hearing that for the first time, that Hallow's going to be doing live events. I <laughs> yeah, love see, that. Yeah, see, I'm telling you, here first. This is where it starts. This is where it starts. It all <laughs> starts <light. laughs> in the salt and light hour right here. Okay. So that's that's something to look forward to. And then people can know that it's Amanda Vernon who's behind all of that. Um, let me know <laughs> if you need <laughs> Let me know if you need me involved in a live event. Um, that would be so we much might, fun. You know? Yeah, that would be fun. <laughs> because, you know, if it, if it goes, you asked um, earlier, we were talking off air about like, well, well what's next after this year? I'm working yeah. with Halo for this year. Well, if it goes really well with Halo, then I, I, I'm just speaking for myself personally. I foresee that they would want to do a lot more events and maybe pair artists and speakers yeah, up. That would be lovely. And so, yeah. Oh, yeah. oh, there's so much we could exciting. do anyway. Um, I don't think, yeah, I don't think Halo uh, needs help, but because they're, they're doing really well, but, but this is always happy to help in any way. Amanda, it's been so good to chat with you today and reconnect. I'm so glad you reached out. I'm so glad that there's so much music and thank you for sharing those three songs with us today. Um, and I hope to hear more from you soon. All right. Sounds great. God bless. Okay. You too. Bye-bye. You can learn more about Amanda Vernon's music and how to bring her to your event at amandavernon.com. Also come to our website, esselmedia.org slash podcast, so you can watch the awesome music video for Hola Jesus by Amanda Vernon and Estacion Cero. That's eslmedia.org slash podcast. And if you missed part of the interview, head on over to eslmedia.org slash podcast because all our programs are archived there. Here now to take us out is Amanda Vernon with her new single, My Life Was Calmer Without You.
When we first met, you wore that red sun visor. Somehow you made me rethink everything. You never stopped making me wiser, challenging my views, cause it's always like you knew. Listening to Amanda Vernon with her single, My Life Was Calmer Without You. And that will take us to the end of the program. Remember that you can stream or podcast all our Salt and Light Hour programs at eselmedia.org. Just look for podcasts. You can also find the Salt and Light Hour Catholic podcast wherever you get your podcasts. You can follow me on Facebook, on X, and Instagram. You can look for Deacon Pedro. You can also email me, pedro at eselmedia.org. Remember, as always, stay safe, continue to pray for each other, and take care of each other. And let's continue to pray for peace in Ukraine and peace in Nicaragua and so many other places where there is conflict. I'm Deacon Pedro, and this has been the Salt and Light Hour. My life was calmer without you. My life was simpler without you. My life had less resolve, less problems to solve without you. Don't you worry, oh.